Hi, my name is Esther, and today we'll be talking about the mysterious 1903 sighting of a creature dubbed the Van Meter Visitor. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I'm here today with the divine Mr. Lockwood. Divine? Yeah. Godly. Godlike. Oh, don't get too ahead of yourself. That's what divine means. Wow. (laughs) All right. Well, this is our Halloween month special episode. I need a kazoo. (laughs) Because you're excited about it? Well, just some some sound effects for a radio show. Oh. (laughs) All right. I just want to let everyone know that the format of this episode is a little bit different because it is done with a more dramatic flair and is a good bit longer than a regular episode. It's a little more like one of our bonus episodes would be on Patreon. If you are into some drama and would like to hear more episodes like this, please consider becoming a patron to access monthly bonus episodes, early access to our regular episodes, and some other fun stuff. Plug it, girl. Dead it. <laughs> and with that, would you like to hear a story? Indeed. So this week's story is the mysterious 1903 sighting of a creature dubbed the Van Meter Visitor. Van Meter Visitor? <laughs> Yeah. The VV? Uh, well, VMV? The VMV, yeah. And maybe that's what we'll nickname him, the VMV. Get a license plate for the guy. <laughs> I don't think he needs a license plate. <laughs> All right. So, Van Meter is a city in Dallas County, Iowa, situated along the Raccoon River. I wonder where in Iowa that is. Iowa's pretty big. Uh, it's right next to Des Moines. Well, there you go. You know Smack what? dab in the middle of the state, right on Route 80. I've yep. driven past it nice. before in my life. You've driven past Des Moines Couple or times, Van Meter? Both. Oh. Did you see anything flying? No. No? Nope. You weren't looking at the skies I was for, not. for cryptids? The speed limit there is pretty healthy, probably 80 miles an hour. <laughs> so. you, you whizzed right by oh, Van yeah. Meter. The real town is about six blocks by two blocks. Oh, wow. That's wild. It's pretty small. It's really little. Yeah. All right. The population was 1,484 at the time of the 2020 census. Van Meter was laid out as a town in 1869. The city was named for Jacob Rhodes Van Meter and his family, who were Dutch settlers from the Netherlands. Hence the van. Mm Mm-hmm. Also in 1869, the first passenger trains made their way into the town. Van Meter was incorporated on December 29, 1877. In 1878, the first mine shaft was constructed and regular railroad traffic helped the town leaders realize their dreams of growth and prosperity. It's like a gas station is all it is. It's a gas station in the middle of nowhere. It is. Basically. Yes, it is. Uh, The plans for the mine were drawn up in an effort to take advantage of the area's natural resources and to utilize the abundance of coal that was thought to be under the land. The mine was 257 feet deep and intersected with a three-foot vein. A year later, in 1879, the mine was sold to the Chicago Coal Company. 
This mine was a very important endeavor for the town of Van Meter. Passing cargo trains allowing the mine to operate continuously, it is what put Van Meter on the map. It was the first deep mine in the country, and for a while, it was the only one producing in a large capacity. So it's probably quite the boon, because you're fueling the trains and selling. Trains just take it with them, way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. At the time, I suppose Des Moines was... Yeah, it was definitely a lot bigger than Van Meter. It's probably like the last gas station for 800 miles or something. (laughs) Probably. The last coal station. Well, yeah. (laughs) Just as things were beginning to take off for the little town, a fire struck and burned down the main engine house. They rebuilt and new machinery was installed. In 1879, there were 50 men employed at the mine. They produced a thousand bushels of coal per day and sold them at nine cents per bushel. They sold the majority of the coal to the Rock Island Railroad Company. I wonder what a bushel is. Yeah, I don't know how much a bushel is. Are you going to look it up? I feel like they measure it in tons now. Wow. Well, if a bushel is a bucket, then that's... Right? That's, That's what I kind of pictured in my brain was a bunch of men in a hole and then people at the top with ropes hauling out one bucket of coal at a time. One bushel, 2,150 cubic inches. And the suspense is killing me. I know, I'm waiting. (laughs) In Michigan, 60 pounds. In Ohio and Pennsylvania, 80 pounds. So probably 60, bituminous. So 80 pounds of coal per bushel a thousand bushels yes okay that's seventy thousand pounds a day 35 tons a day oh that's respectable for sure yeah that'd be like 35 pickup trucks uh per day and they had 50 guys doing all of that moving it by they must have been doing it by hand yeah wow i'm impressed so back then you can see what kind of labor it took yeah you figure if you had a, a backhoe or a front-end loader, yeah. you could do that in about 10 scoops. Right. That would be like about half an hour of work. I mean, yeah, yeah it's that's wild. They were working hard. Oh, and they were getting $0.09 cents per bushel. So how much were they getting for the whole day? How many okay. bushels? A thousand? A thousand bushels. So $90. Wait, they get $90 for a thousand bushels? You said $0.09 cents per bushel. Yeah. Yeah, $0.09,000. Cents. It's $90 a day. I mean, that sounds really heinous for today, but I understand that back then that, that was... $33,000 a year. Yeah. So you could see... Oh, yeah. But you yeah. figure you could employ 50 people and make money for 90 bucks a day. That's insane. Wow. All right. In 1893, looking to become even more successful, the mine owners decided to build a high-end brick and tile factory. They established the Platt, Pressed, and Fire Brick Company. In 1901, the town donated $2,660, which in today's money is about $85,000. And this was to help facilitate the growth of the town, specifically to aid in the construction of a steam flouring mill. Mm. So they, they had a lot of things happening yeah. in Van Meter. I was worried there for a second. I thought that was going to be a satanic amount of money, but by $6, yes, it no. wasn't. <laughs> $2,660. Yeah. I mean, that would have added to the dramaticness yeah. 
dramatic buildup of the story. You should just change it. Who's going to know? I mean, anybody who knows anything about this. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they definitely, they've got the train, they've got the coal, they've got the Bricks. brick and tile factory, and now a flowering mill. Is a flowering mill different than a flower mill? I would think not. Right, I just thought it was like a flower Unless mill. Unless a flowering mill has to do with concrete. To look that know. up too. Yeah, look it up quick. Mortar or concrete or whatever as a flower. It seems but... to me that that would make more sense if there were a brick and tile place nearby, right? Yeah, that's kind of why I got that idea. But it sounds like it's just a regular old mill for crushing up wheat. Yeah. Into flour. Well, there's nothing about a bakery in this story, unfortunately. Well, if you have bricks, you can make a nice oven. You can make pizza. Pizza. So they were powering it with steam, though. That's where they had this coal. You get a lot of cheap power that way. Okay. Because you can burn the coal and run a steam engine to run the flour mill instead okay. of a river. So you think it was it was flour? It, I think it was like regular meat. old flour. Okay, yeah. like a flour mill. I mean, it's Iowa. A lot of farmland around there. Yeah. Well, in the research that I did, it said flouring mills, so I wasn't yeah. sure if that was the same or not. So I guess it is. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I've never heard that term. Me neither. In 1895, the mine closed down, but the town continued to grow despite this. Hmm, sad. Yeah, it is sad. Must have ran out of coal. Either that or all the workers or decided the they weren't getting paid enough. Easy to get coal, ran out. Yeah. We now arrive in 1903. The town had a population of almost a thousand people, mainly farmers, tile workers, and small business owners. I'm going to show you a picture of some of the people that are actually in this story. Mm. More upstanding citizens of... The rich guys. Yeah, they're the rich guys in the town. But not all of them. I mean, some of them, yes. The good old boys. Yeah, they look like it there too. I don't know what kind of club like they got going club. on, right? They all look like they have at least a can of pomade in their hair. Yeah, I think all the elk hats that they're wearing gives it away. Yeah. I don't know what's up with him. He's got like snake eyes or something. I don't know. He's creepy. And you know, that reminds me. You know how there's a lot of old photos that kind of like, oh, that's a ghost photo. Look at the guy. He's got a weird blurry face and the ghost oh, got into the if photo he moved for a split second exactly but how many of those photos have we seen on yeah. television shows and everything oh a lot they're trying it, to pawn it off like you know it doesn't make it less creepy mary though. murder rotten crotch was like invading <laughs> someone's house and they took a picture and it, it, she merged because she was sitting in their seat while they were sitting there yeah or the guy sneeze. It still looks creepy, I though. I mean, one or the other happened well the ones where the guy sneeze then they call it ectoplasm yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, if you even turn your head just, you know, half an inch, yeah. it's going to look bizarre. Yeah, it's going to be You're going to have three weird. eyeballs. And you forget where your head was and you move it just an inch the other or way. God forbid in which direction your eyes yeah. were going. And that's what happened to this guy. That's probably. And then you're sitting there for 10 minutes while the photo gets taken. and Yeah. And then, bam, 60 years later, you're a ghost photo. Yeah. <laughs> we still do the same thing. We just delete the thing now. All right. Anyway. Tuesday, September 29th, 1903, 1 o'clock a.m. Ulysses Griffith was a 35-year-old, highly respected local business owner and van meter. He also served on the village council and was a member of the Masonic Lodge. 
He was looked at by the community as a pillar and someone who they could not easily replace. In the early morning hours of this warm, drizzling autumn morning, Mr. Griffith was returning home after a business trip selling farm implements to surrounding towns and farmers. As he arrived into Van Meter, he noticed something odd. At the top of the Mather and Greg's building, on the roof was a bright light. This was a light that had never been there before and was obvious and out of place. As he continued down the road and got closer to the light, he contemplated any rational possibilities. His first and most disturbing thought was that it may have been burglars. But as he neared the building, the light moved upward and quietly moved to the building across the street where it seemed to hover over the roof. Mr. Griffith was no longer worried about burglars. The light had moved in such an unnatural and quick way that he was utterly confounded as to what this could be. After moving to the building across the street, it seemed to disappear entirely. Mr. Griffith reached his home and, perplexed, headed for bed. In the late afternoon of Tuesday, he calmly recounted his strange sighting to a few other locals. They thought it was odd, but nothing that would warrant any sort of panic on their part. Ulysses saw something flying around. It was kind of like a moth with its own light. I don't... Would you be alarmed? I... Yeah, I would be alarmed, especially... Would you just run? What well, would you do? I actually am surprised he didn't just stop and watch it. Because if he thought it was... It sounded a, like he did. I don't know. It According seemed, to the story. It seemed like he was driving slow. Driving? Yeah, he was... Yeah, he was driving. Oh. He was just driving a horse. real slow. Yeah, I guess. On a horse. Yeah. <laughs> His mechanical horse. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, what the fuck is that? Well, Let's yeah, go. I'd just go look and see what it was. Right, but if he thought it was a burglar and then he didn't think it was a burglar. Well, I think once it flew from one building to another, he decided that it was no longer a right. burglar. Right. I guess it did disappear then, so there was nothing yeah. to investigate. So that's an yeah, odd... but if it was like a bright light, it would just have gone out. It could still be there. That's right? true. It did just disappear, it said. Yeah. So, yeah. Whatever it was could have either actually gone away or just... I think it's just ball lightning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that your... I mean, that's the most... That's what it always is. <laughs> yeah, that is. I see ball lightning very frequently. Do you? Oh, yeah. That worries me. <laughs> <laughs> Comes down, Came down the street the other day. Yeah? Yeah. I did see a pretty good ball lightning video the other day, running across a railroad track, crossing the railroad tracks. It The ball lightning? The ball was? lightning, yeah. And when it got to the railroad track, a, a bolt came from the ball lightning onto the track. <laughs> and then it went over the track, and then another bolt hit hit a light tower. Really? Yeah. It was definitely CGI, though. Yeah. But it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, on a very small screen, it looked pretty good. Well, the good part about this is there was no CGI. Yeah. In, eight, definitely in 1903. No CGI. So whatever he saw, he saw. Or didn't see. Yeah. Or maybe he just had something he... Some plan the Masons were setting up, trying to drive people yeah. out of town, yeah. take it over. And by all accounts, he was a well-respected pillar of this community. Most so. people that are well-respected pillars, that's usually their own opinion. Oh. I've never once met someone that then talked about someone else and said, he's a well-respected member of this community. 
Oh, really? Usually they just say, like, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a real good guy. He's yeah. always he's always been good to me. Yeah, but you don't walk around going, I'm a well-respected I'm a... <laughs> pillar. Well, when the community. newspaper's asking, you sure do. Or mm-hmm. the newspaper will go, he's a well-respected member, pillar, you might even say, of this local society. But because they ask one other guy, and the one other guy is like, yeah, Jim's all right. No, usually because the newspaper's, you know, it's an ad. Even back then it was an ad. He's running for mayor or something, so now he's a well-respected pillar of the community. (laughs) Wednesday, September 30th, 12 o'clock a.m. Dr. Alcott, the town's physician, was preparing for bed at the rear of his office where he had a room that he routinely slept in. After closing his eyes and sleeping for about 30 minutes, Dr. Alcott suddenly woke, terrified, to a large, blinding light shining in his face. He was immediately alert and, with his heart racing, jumped from his bed and grabbed his gun that was nearby. He was certain that the light was not a patient looking for help or a medical emergency. He instantly knew that this was different. Quickly and bravely, he ran out through the front of the office to see who or what was causing this annoyance. The ground was still wet from the day of rain, and standing there, he was suddenly confronted with something he could not comprehend. Across the street, the doctor saw a half-human, half-animal creature with great bat-like wings. He then realized that the light that had awakened him was coming from a single blunt horn that was protruding from the creature's forehead. At this point, Dr. Alcott was close enough to the creature that he realized that the only thing to do was to shoot and try and kill it. He fired five well-aimed shots at the monster. Unfortunately, not one of the bullets seemed to have any effect on the beast. Seeing this, the doctor ducked back into his office and locked the doors and windows. Hours later, finally after sunrise, the doctor, who didn't get much sleep that night, was able to recount his encounter to the others in the town. This surely was the talk of the town for the rest of the day by those who heard the tale. For Mr. Griffith, having had the strange sighting the night before, things seemed to add up. A bat, unicorn, horseman? Yeah, with a self-lighting a, horn. A very Oh, it's the horn that's the light. Yeah, oh. yeah, the light is emanating from the horn. Well, that's pretty cool. I thought you'd I'm be, glad he shot at it. I was going to say, I, I thought you'd be proud that he at least grabbed a gun. Yeah, I wonder if anyone heard shooting in the middle of the night, like <laughs> next door. Uh-huh. I know I would. I mean, I'm sure they did. He was sleeping in his office, which I can only assume was downtown. Too <laughs> drunk to drive home. You think he was drinking? Yeah. Everyone was drinking. It was 1836. <laughs> right. He just worked and drank. Yeah, you drank while you worked. Oh. Even the doctor? Everyone. Especially the doctor. Yes. It had no effect on it, but I shot the shit out of it. Like you would. I don't think I would shoot it. I don't think I would have gone outside. Oh, I'd go outside. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Like I said, he was brave. He was a brave man. He didn't even say hello or anything. He just shot it. 
No, it was enormous. And, you know, when somebody's threatening you with a light in your face, what do you do? How enormous do you think it was? You just shoot it. One thing that's interesting about wings and aerodynamics is that a human-sized person needs to have very, very big wings to fly. Very big. I agree. So if the thing's like as heavy as a cow, it should be <laughs> ten times heavier than a person, the wings have to get not ten times bigger. It's a law of squares. For every twice amount of weight, the wings have to get four times bigger. So, I mean, compare the wing size to something. So, like, How a big human, we talk, like human a wings would have to be, like, 40 foot wide. No way. Oh, yeah. 40 feet? And you'd have to have a lot of power to flap them enough to fly. So, you would have to have, you know, I mean, you think of a bat, Is there, right? a, is there, my, my, a bat's my three inches tall and its wingspan is a foot. That is, they're huge, right? yeah. Well, my question to you is then... Is there any difference between feathered wings and unfeathered wings as far as how they could carry a creature? Feathered wings are probably much lighter for their area, which means they would work better. Okay. So this skin this... wings would be <laughs> would be heavier. So this giant creature got like a bad deal on wings. It would have to have <laughs> Yeah, so like something the size of a cow, let's say a human would need, you know, thirty foot wingspan. I would love to see that. The cow would have to have, I suppose the wings are an area, so they would get taller and wider. Right. But the, the surface area would have to be four times the amount. So if a human was 200 pounds, a 400-pound human would have to have four times the surface area. A cow would have to have, <laughs> it'd be like 32 times the size. Oh, my gosh. By area, not width. So a flying cow would have like a hundred foot wingspan. <laughs> you wouldn't be missing that flying through the sky. And it would, and for it to flap those wings, it would have to have so much muscle, and the bones and everything around where its wings would be would have to be so big, <laughs> it would just be like this freaky looking thing. Well, I mean, and probably impossible. By all accounts, this was a freaky looking thing. Yeah, but I don't think its wingspan was no hundred feet. It would have to be though. Yeah. Well, that's good yeah. to know. That's why birds only get so big. So you don't n not believe in this creature. You just don't believe that it had the wing capacity to fly. That I I know for <laughs> sure that it didn't. Okay. If it was organic. So you're crossing that off the, the list right now. Yep. It was not flying. Yes. That's why, like, we cheat by using propellers and speed, right? We don't okay. flap wings. We just fly. We go forward fast. <laughs> until there's enough lift to get off the ground. That's how we cheat by having small wings. Or until like you with airplanes, something. have relatively small wings for how much weight they can lift. Right. They trade off high speed to generate that lift. They can't fly like a bird flies real slow, hovers, <laughs> right. you know. Soars around. Yeah. So what about the horn? Got any oh. theories on a... Bioluminescence? Ooh, I like that. Okay, let's roll with that for a while because I do really love some of the the characteristics described of this creature are unlike any other cryptid creature that I have ever personally oh, yeah? heard of. There are other cryptids that have horns. Yeah. But I've never heard of one that glows or that emits a bright light. Well, I think unicorns have been known to be glowy, haven't no, they? They just Not have a horn. No. Okay, this is pieces of different cryptids that we know of. I mean, it's like you just take a couple of things and slap it together. Sure. But back then, what cryptids existed, you know, that were common? 
I mean, you can't say there weren't monster stories. All oh, the time. there definitely Shit. are. But then when you go to bioluminescence, everything that's bioluminescent that I know of, the brightness yeah. of these things are very dim. Right, they glow. You know? They they're not they like glow. a they're not like yeah. a fucking mag light. Yeah. Right. This this by all accounts was something very bright, and it used it basically to blind its prey or blind whatever and it seemed to search around using it so i mean that makes me wonder if like it's not great at seeing in the dark do you think it's like flying in the dark <laughs> so it's like a railroad it's like a train like a super bright light <laughs> yeah. everywhere flying it blind. looks just gets highlighted like a xenon yeah. lamp that i mean that kind of is what it sounded like yeah when he described it yeah, so but, so you get into being that bright I don't know if there's any creatures no. that emit light at that intensity. Certainly not. That's why this creature is so yeah. fabulous. So that the amount of energy you need to emit that much intensity is quite high. Again, probably not able to do that with organic material. No. Everything about this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Earthly bio Yeah. Earthly organic creatures. The aliens, you know, we don't know about their physiology, so maybe no. they can't emit Super bright light and fly with tiny wings. Right. Well, nobody said this was an alien. Well, I would have to be. (laughs) All right. Want to hear the next account? Sure. Thursday, October 1st, 1 o'clock a.m. Clarence Dunn, who was a teller at the local bank, had been fearful that robbers were to blame for all of the town's excitement over the last few nights. In light of this, Mr. Dunn decided to guard the bank this night and, with his shotgun in hand, walked to the bank. Once there, he went inside, got comfortable, and waited. As he waited, he began hearing a sound coming from just outside. The sounds were described as gasps or gurgling gasps. Suddenly, a bright light lit up the front of the bank through a large window. It was so bright that Mr. Dunn was momentarily blind. The light suddenly started darting around the room, giving Mr. Dunn a glance at what was causing the light from the outside, and to his dismay, it was a large form of some kind. But just as his eyes were starting to readjust, the light swung back around to him. He lifted the barrel of his shotgun and fired towards the shapeless mass outside the window. Not wanting to leave the supposed safety of the building, he fired through the window, shattering it. And like that, the creature was gone. After dawn broke, there was a thorough search, and Mr. Dunn, who thought surely he had killed the creature, found nothing but a giant three-toed track. He made a plaster cast of this track. Tell me there's a picture of this track, please. Okay, so... No? (laughs) Come on. So, no. But I do have this picture of the bank. Shooting through the window of the bank? Yes, so this is a picture of the bank, and he... You know, again, though, they all had guns, so... Yeah, I have guns, but I don't just shoot at everything that moves. In fact, I've never shot at anything. Especially nothing that looks like Like, it's shining a flashlight in your face. No, I've never... There's a stranger outside. Shoot him. 
<laughs> Get him. <laughs> and through the window. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to shoot my windows out, too. <laughs> to get to him. It's like, it's clearly not threatening them or anything. It's just shining a light. You think it's just going for a stroll down the street Probably just night? walking around, looking around, you know, because it's got a it's giant light. bright light. That's the only way I can see stuff. It's just like, oh, man, that's cool. And then all of a sudden, people are shooting at it. I know. For no reason. It's just minding its business. They're not even yelling at it or no. telling it to get away or anything. Just... Just mining Just shooting. I kind of feel bad for the monster in the yeah. story. <laughs> I feel bad for anyone in this town. <laughs> They're all just shooting each other. God forbid you walk down the street at night with a flashlight or a lantern. So there was a way to make a light that bright back then. I remember my grandfather telling me about carbide lights. Ah. The miners used them. So what it was was, I guess they call it carbide, some kind of chemical. It was like a carbon form or something. Anyway, you drip water on it. Mm-hmm. And it releases hydrogen. So basically it was this weird lamp where you would drip water on it and light it. It would make hydrogen gas and it would burn super bright. For miners. For miners. Well, I mean, that makes sense. And it would be on their head, a headlamp. Oh, yeah. With a reflector. I feel like I've seen that kind of thing in movies. Yeah. So that's what they used back then, I think. That's what he called it. You'd have to look it up to see what it's really called. So what if this was just like some drifter who like... Who was like wearing a trench coat and when the wind blew, like it blew back and it looked like leathery wings and he was just wearing like a miner's. <laughs> that sounds silly. Really? Does it sound sillier than a giant monster with a light up well, horn? I mean, how and... can you explain? How, I mean, yeah, that's an explanation, but yeah. how could you ever say like, oh, that must have been what it was? So something that I, I would like to point out is that um, the last three sightings have all happened about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's when it gets hungry. I, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's trying to attack anybody, though. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's, yeah, been an aggressor in any way yet. No, I feel like it's been aggressed upon. Yeah, I like how no one even says, like, I was in fear for my life and I shot at it. It's never that. It's just like, I saw it and I started shooting at it. No, they do say that they were scared and had and having no idea what it was. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if I shot at everything that I didn't know what it was, there'd, <laughs> there'd be, be a, a lot of dead stuff. There'd be a lot of holes and a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the other thing that was interesting was the noise that it was making. Oh. So it wasn't, like, growling, but it was, like, gasping? I mean, Maybe do you... it was a carbide lamp. Because it does make a hissing sound, I think, when the water oh. hits it. Oh. Ooh, I like that. And I do believe, you... I mean, something like that, you could build a big one. Really? Yeah. And I don't think it'd be very heavy. But they're dangerous. Explosive. Wow. Because they make hydrogen gas. So. so here's a thought. What if this was like some really bored townsperson who decided to play a prank? In the middle of Iowa? Yeah. No. Yeah. Never would happen. Yeah. No? I mean, is this a little far to go for a prank in 1903? I mean, I think if you're getting shot at, the prank probably ends usually. Oh, well, Normally. I, the doctor shot at him the night before this. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why he was gasping. Maybe he he was dying. <laughs> <laughs> One day later. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's enormous. I, the, the physiology of this creature is obviously much different than ours. We don't know how long it might take him to die or even if he regenerates in some kind of way. So you, you don't think the rasping was... <laughs> It's good as theory as any. Okay. And then uh, I also wanted to ask you. I wouldn't you, call it a theory exactly. 
I mean, it's a thought. <laughs> yeah, it's not a theory. It's just like a, an explanation. I mean, we could make a million, billion explanations, right? That's right. about part of the problem with all these things. It was just a fleeting thought it's I like, had. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was this print that they found. So, yeah, yeah there is no, no picture of the print. And um, also, the, the print has never been found. And no description of it, no size. Three, three-toed, large. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Large. Yeah, it's a it's a like, it's a monster size XL. You know they had tape measures back then. No, that's how they built buildings. No, they measured stuff. No. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so I can't imagine that they wouldn't just least measure the thing. Yeah, no, they didn't. They and, just they were just like it's large. By the way, these are all the masons in the town they all talk they all know each other they all know what's going on yeah yeah the the fact that they're to me back then the fact that there's this much information of the recounting of these um encounters with this thing is amazing but i also feel like there's not quite enough information yeah well, I guess my point was, if they are all they all know each other, there's this thing. It's a town problem. Yes. They're going to start collecting information. Right. Like, Doc, what'd you see? Oh, 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 well, I got a footprint. Well, they are talking. Let's measure it. It says that they're talking. Where's the extra information? There's none, you know? Like, by this point, if it was me and you and seven other of my friends, we would know how tall it is. We would know how heavy it was because we would know... We would have the footprint, the size of it, the depth of smushing. We would determine all this. The depth Very, of smushing yeah, is that of the footprint. scientific term? Yes, that's exactly right. The smushing depth. The smushing depth. I like it. All these things, at least pencil and paper, I'd have ranges of sizes and how tall it is and how heavy it is, how bright it is. Right. You know? I agree. We would know a lot of things about it pretty quick. Yeah. And I would hope that of the thousand people living in this town, one of them would be just like you. Yeah. I would think curious. most of them would be curious enough to figure this stuff out. Right. It's not that hard. I'd probably just make a life-size to scale one out of paper mache. <laughs> would that help? Yeah. You got the town artist. Why don't we start drawing this thing, yeah. you know? Would that help? Yeah. If you had a life-size one just hanging around? Well, I would think even just a drawing would help. Do you think it would lure the real one in? <laughs> Could we use it as bait for something? I don't know. Like a trap? Hard to say. <laughs> I don't think it would fall for it. Well, what if it's... We could put one of those lamps on its forehead, and when it gets close enough, we could explode it. <laughs> that would be my plan. <laughs> I like my plan better. <laughs> Scrap it. Screw collecting evidence. See, I want to blow like it up. you're just like them. you got to kill it, too. <laughs> That's what makes you different from me. I mean, it seems like a threat. <laughs> you got to kill everything. I wouldn't kill it right off the rip, but... You just said that would be your... You wanted to blow it up. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> I want to catch it. I would want to blow you it up eventually. It. Yeah. The only way I, I would want to kill it is okay. if it tastes like pizza. So, <laughs> then I want to kill it. Yeah. You kill a lot of pizzas. <laughs> You've killed a lot of pizzas in your time. No, I guess I wouldn't want to blow it up. I wouldn't want to kill it in a way where I can display it <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Like a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like all those people in Harry and the Hendersons. You want to kill it. Yeah. And mount it. Yeah. Stick it to the wall. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the Sausage King can help you. Yeah. 
quick going back to the sausage king right. we're not talking about him anymore well, i like the sausage king it was yeah. good yeah but he's not very far away so if you kill this thing he can make sausage out of it i don't <laughs> and tan its fur i don't want fan meter monster sausage no. how do you know no i want the entire creature standing in a corner with its wings well, out yeah but you still keep all the meat. You're not I'm going to put it away. like right behind my bed. So when I wake up in the morning, he's just got his wings wrapped around me. But his wings would have to be so big. It would right? be like as big as our house. They're not. Well, then it's not flying. Okay. If it could fly with wings that small and actually could fly, do you know how loud it would be? It would be deafeningly loud. Really? Yes. Why? Because it would have to flap them very fast. Like a hummingbird? Yeah. Like the hummingbird the size of a bus. <laughs> it would be very loud. Yeah. So, Those aren't loud, are they? So somebody would have heard this coming down like the helicopter. street at 1 o'clock yes, in the morning. Everyone in the town would hear it. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it would have sounded like a helicopter with yeah, a bright like light. Yeah, like when the army helicopters fly over, the big giant ones with the dual blades. Yeah. You know, and you can hear them. In your ba- you're in your basement, and you're yeah. like, what is that sound? You can almost feel it. And, it ha- and it's like 10 minutes of that because yeah. the helicopter is flying over you, and you can hear it when it's seven miles away in that direction. And then when it gets over you and it's seven miles in that direction, you can still hear it. Right. That's what it would be like. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that was happening that, here. That's what would happen. Yeah. So, so it would be very loud. So we're not real keen on the fact that this guy shot out the bank window trying to, to no, get to the I monster. No, I think that's a little much. It might be a little much. It's a little over the top. All right. Well, let's see what the next account looks like. Thursday, October 1st, evening. Evening came and the town of Ammeter again became quiet. Otto White, who was a co-owner of the local hardware and furniture store, was harshly awakened by a rasping noise coming from just outside his second-story room above his shop on Main Street. He quickly grabbed his gun, having heard the stories of the past few days, and moved toward the window. The sound was so loud and painful on the ears that he threw open the window and looked up to see a large gray figure on top of the light pole. He was looking right at the monster, barely 15 feet from him. He took careful aim, exhaled, and fired one shot. The creature did not react as Mr. White would have thought. It barely moved and instead turned to aim the light from its horn directly at him. He then smelled a strong odor coming from the creature. He said that the smell was so strong that it seemed to make him unable to concentrate. At the time that Mr. White fired the shot, a gentleman named Sidney Gregg peered out his window towards the sound of the shot and saw the same creature from a different angle. At this point, Mr. Gregg saw it crawling down the pole towards the street. He described the action as that of a parrot using its huge beak to descend. As it reached the ground, it stood up to its full height, which was said to be about eight feet. As Mr. Gregg watched the creature's bright, blinding light begin darting around, seemingly searching for something, it began to flap its large, featherless wings and began to take giant leaps as if to try to flee. Just then, the mail train came ripping through the town, 
Startled by the racket, the creature seemed to crouch down and spring into motion on all fours, running toward the old mine. Drama. Oh. <laughs> um, so what did you think of that? Again, we're shooting at it. We're shooting at now it. Now it's a competition to see who can bag the thing. I, I it, it feels yeah. that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got a beak. It's yes, it's got a beak, apparently. It's got a horn. It's got a very bright light that it uses wherever it looks. So here's actually a drawing. Oh, of, I saw that picture. Of what yeah, of what the creature that drawing like. is way cooler than what I'm imagining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you Where's imagine? the horn? It's right there on its head. Nobody said how big the horn was. It could be like a crystal. A light crystal. You think it has a crystal on its forehead? Yeah. It's a lens. That would be cool. So what's it trying to do? Melt people while they're sleeping? No, maybe that's how it sees. Yeah, but it has eyes. Yeah, it has to it has to brighten whatever it's looking at. Right? I don't think I understand how this creature works. <laughs> so it uses a light. It's a flashlight. Yeah. Now, what about the smell? Yes. So apparently every Did time... the wind direction change? Or... <laughs> he had been farting upwind <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> no, apparently when when this creature gets wounded, it emits some weird odor. So I don't know like if that... Like a stink bug? Yeah, so I don't know if that means, like, it's blood smells or if it even has blood or if its insides are rotten or... I'm not really sure what that would be indicative of. What are your thoughts on that? Because your face... Why does it stink when you shoot it? (laughs) You're speechless. (laughs) If it has seemingly no effect, but then you're shooting it and it stinks, so it would have to be losing some fluid... For the stink to happen that fast and right. be that strong, it would have to be... Maybe it's like a skunk. Yeah. It got scared. You think it, it got scared? <sighs> <laughs> I like it. I like that theory. The smelly skunk monster theory. Now, another thing, though. Well, flying creatures are very light. Yes. For so obvious reasons. What if it has hollow bones? Then would it need smaller wings? It would, the lighter it was. Now, here's the other thing, though. When you're shooting at it and shooting it, these lighter creatures are more fragile, so they would die easier. Yeah, this thing doesn't seem to be that fragile. Shotgun would definitely take it out real quick. Yeah. By all accounts, it's been shot like seven times yeah. now. And it... One little bullet would probably kill it. Right. It just sprays it's... its odor everywhere yeah. and runs away. Now, like, a featherless animal has no defense. And if it's a flying animal, it would be very lightly built. Right. So even a tiny little bullet, pretty much anywhere, would take it out. Yeah. It would be a very thin-skinned creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, apparently not. Apparently yeah. it's got it's skin invincible, like steel. Apparently. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is the dates. This is happening one night after Every night, yeah. the other. And then it's a mine creature now that, that yeah, it, it running ran, into the mine. Ran toward the mine. So it's a creature with a mine light on its head. <laughs> and wings. Why does it need wings, wings if it lives in a mine? Good question. Yeah. This is it's all, a bat. This is all very baffling. It's a bat bird train miner. <laughs> it's a bat bird train miner? Yeah. I like it. Somebody should draw a picture of that. Well, that picture there, kind of it has hands almost like a bat. Yeah, the wings kind of um, fold in a weird spot and come down in the center 
to become like its front legs. Yeah. But like, why does it use its mouth to climb down a telephone pole? Like a parrot. Like a parrot. A pet parrot. <laughs> Maybe this is someone's pet. Probably not, because everyone's shooting at it. Satan? <laughs> is this Satan's puppy? I don't, I don't think. I think Satan would have something way cooler than that. You think? I don't yeah. know. I think that thing looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, but it, all it does is look around and climb and shine and lights, shine in lights at people's windows. It's, like it's the, a peeping bird. <laughs> it's like the worst thing it's done so far is wake people up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess that warrants being shot at. <laughs> Like, it's really a nice monster, actually. It seems like it. Yeah. Like, it's just running. I mean, it really running hasn't. away. It, it hasn't, hasn't done, done anything. anything at this point. Right. It hasn't even, like, touched anything. It hasn't, like, no. scratched a window. It or... hasn't even taken a dump on the street. <laughs> I mean, that would warrant being shot at for sure. <laughs> All right. You want to hear the next one? No more. Account? I mean, yeah, there's not really any more description, though. I mean, well, we uh, added a beak. Well, it's eight foot tall. Eight, we got eight foot tall. I don't know if anyone has noticed it this before. You cryptid lovers. Everything's eight foot Everything's tall. Everything's eight foot tall. Everything. Yes. Everything. I agree. Literally. Yeah. What isn't eight foot tall? Everything is either eight foot tall or it's... Two foot tall. Or two foot tall. Nothing is the size of a human. Right. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It's clearly a psychological thing. All right. You want to hear the last Next. Friday, October 2nd, midday. The fear from the encounters of the last few nights have been building, and finding it harder and harder to ignore that this creature had been lurking in the town after dark, the townspeople began to really consider that something strange and unknown was visiting them while they slept. The people of Van Meter spent the day sharing theories and gathering some semblance of a plan. As the evening threatened them with loud thunder, the townsfolk watched as the sun set and fear overcame many. That evening and into the next morning, workers at the nearby tile and brick factory reported hearing noises coming from the mine shaft. The sounds were described as Satan and his regiment of imps were coming forth for a battle. Saturday, October 3rd, early morning, 1 a.m. The owner of the tile and brick factory, Mr. Platt, was managing a late shift when he heard the noises and decided to take a closer look. The moon peeked out between storm clouds and momentarily gave light to the old mine shaft. Mr. Platt approached the edge and peered down the 200-foot drop into the mine. As he leaned in to listen to Satan and his imps in full chorus, a monster appeared at the entrance, and a moment later, a somewhat smaller second creature followed the first. They both had a bright light emanating from the horn on their heads, and in an instant flew off into the night. This was seen by not only Mr. Platt, but a number of his workers. It was then that the men realized that they had just found the creature's lair. The news traveled quickly to the town, and a number of men grabbed their guns and made a hasty plan to ambush the monster as they returned to the mine's entrance. All the lights in the town were left on in the hopes of protecting those left behind. 
The gang of Van Meter's bravest spread out around the entrance of the old mine and waited. The men waited for hours in the cold rain, tried desperately to stay alert and ready. Alas, no beast ever returned to the mine that night. The group was tired and feeling defeated when at the break of dawn they spotted a large, winged creature against the newly sunlit sky. As it approached them, with the second creature following close behind, the men began to fire their guns. The explosive noise must have wakened the town as the men launched their attack. The creatures made their own unearthly sounds as they were hit with bullets and they also began to emit the foul odor that seemed to accompany their wounds. However, like the previous encounters, the creatures were unharmed and the men watched as they slowly and carefully descended the mineshaft into the darkness. Despite their heroic attempts to end the creatures, they had not, and in a matter of minutes, fear once again overcame them. Tired, confused, and powerless, they returned to Van Meter with their tail. Night after night passed with no other recorded sightings of the Van Meter visitor. This poor things. I feel bad for the monsters. Again, they still didn't do anything. No, they just. Why do they stink when they get shot, but <laughs> they don't get hurt? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, if they're emanating a smell because they're wounded, then why aren't they dead? Yeah. They're, if or they're... even no apparent effect whatsoever. No. That's a pretty good superpower, though, now that I think about it. I mean, I do like that they came back. We found their lair. Yeah. So why don't they just, like, put a cage on the top of the shaft and, okay, we caught them. Well, they, I believe... Drop some dynamite down there. They did push things in front of the shaft. But this is the end of the account. And so what is fascinating to me, what I think is really interesting, is that this is the only account, the only five-day account of this creature to be recorded. There's no other sightings of it. Like with Bigfoot, people all over the world say they've seen Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many, many Nessie-like creatures. So why this one seems to be so different, I guess. Um, I think it's really interesting. I've never heard of a creature with bat wings, a beak, a flashlight horn, smells when it gets Flashlight shot horn. yeah i it's it's got a lot of really interesting characteristics about it i think do you have any research so else what picture. else you got okay here's a picture of a mine shaft okay that's a mine shaft yep, is that, that the mine shaft yeah that's you're a, sure that's a hole in the dirt <sighs> you that i don't know that's not it <laughs> i know that's not it <laughs> Just pretend it is. Just pretend. First of all, if it's a deep mine, it doesn't go in sideways. It goes down, straight down. (laughs) That's not the hole. You don't know that. I do know that. You don't. (laughs) You don't know anything. When the creature comes back out, then there's two of them. So Mm -hmm. obviously, there's more than one. Okay, so here's here's a explanation. There's many. Yeah. And they've just been shooting them every night. Right, and they crawl back into the hole and, and die. die. <laughs> and then a new one comes out. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that explains that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so maybe they're not invincible. 
Because each night, the new one that came by did not seem to be injured. But they never saw two at once. Now, the loud the noises last. of the, was it the fourth account? Yeah, the rasping noises. So, well, it was rasping. Maybe that was flying. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. So it was just like raspy. Yeah. One thing that would be a really fun project is you could reconstruct simulations of what these creatures would sound like. Like if you just kind of roughly, okay, it's eight foot tall. It's bird like it's got the beak. We know it's got to breathe. We know it's got to fly, you know? Yeah. All the basics. Yeah. You could actually reconstruct a lot of what it, what it might sound like. Can you reconstruct what it might smell like? I can. <laughs> I mean, not with yourself. I mean, I will need some various different kinds of foods. <laughs> Hamburgers. <laughs> pizza. Which is why I'm not buying you pizza to be here. <laughs> so, you know, you could yeah. you could do that for all these different cryptids. Yeah. If they were based on standard earth biology and they were just strange animals, you could kind of recreate a lot of this. Yeah, it's, it's just odd that this, you know, was kind of the end of all the accounts for this creature. Again, that's why this is this one is super fascinating to me is like there's no other creatures described. So like it's this the one. story that didn't stick. I do have some more information okay. for you. I love information. I know you do. This story made its way to the neighboring town of Des Moines and its newspaper because Van Meter did not have one of its own. The article was submitted by Van Meter's very own postmaster, Harry Phillips. According to the townspeople, he was considered a trustworthy and capable man. Just like everyone else. You think he said that about himself? I think he did. He was like, hi, my name's Harry Phillips. I'm a trustworthy and capable man. How do you do? I don't know. if Someone who delivers mail is not necessarily good at writing, are they? Doesn't mean they couldn't be. Yeah. There was like five nights of accounts, and he didn't write about one of the accounts and then take it to the paper. He waited till all of them were done. Yeah, And then he's like, well, no more. Now I have a full story. Yeah. Yeah, I find that a little bit odd, but... This account was found in the town's local archives, so so there is proof that the article had been written and published in the Des Moines newspaper. So there's a little nugget, just a tiny proof. nugget of proof for it's you. Real. I know how much you like proof, and I usually don't have any for you. <laughs> so proof. I just like to make shit up and show you pictures That's of holes what that have does. nothing I've to do. I've never been given proof of any of this stuff ever. I showed you a picture of this hole. <laughs> it's proof. That is proof. That's where they came from. It doesn't have to be the hole. It just has to be a hole. If we could find the mine, we could go look for them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll get right on that. But It's only, what, 297 feet down? You don't want me to do the research, though, because I'll find you the wrong mine and then tell you it's the right yeah, mine. That would, well, they said the mine was in town. Yeah, it's right by the tile and brick factory. How hard could it be to find? All right. We're going to do Let's it. Let's go. We'll take our recording equipment. I'll bring the rope. Okay, we'll see if we can hear a Satan and his imps <laughs> chanting in chorus yeah. together. If I hear that shit, I'm out. The Russians <laughs> did done. that once. Crawled down in a hole and sang? No, they drilled a very, very deep hole. They tried to drill the deepest hole. I think it was called the Satan Hole or something like that. Did you ever hear that one? There's one for you to do a story on. 
Of course, they made something called Satan's Hole. They dropped a microphone. It was like the deepest hole that had ever been drilled by anyone. I know, I heard that. And and you could hear like weird noises. Yeah, it was hell down there. Yeah, it sounded like screaming and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a really fascinating case. I guess that's kind of what they were hearing coming out of this one. But I just don't feel like... Yeah, but that hole was like 8,000 foot deep or something. Yeah, I don't feel like this 275 foot deep hole is deep enough. Unless it had monsters in it. True. This seems to be the only sighting and account of this creature described in this manner. Although there are other reported creatures that have had a few of the same features. So we're going to go into theories here. Here are some other sightings of cryptids that have similar characteristics to the Van Meter visitor. What animal doesn't have at least one similar characteristic to the Van Meter monster? Right. Well, that, I know, because it has all the animal characteristics. Even Rudolph has similar (laughs) characteristics to the Van Meter monster. But his was red. I mean, it didn't say what color this light was, so. Maybe the Van Meter monster puts on a red filter for Christmas. Yeah. Maybe he's like evil Rudolph. He was was guiding Satan's sleigh. All right. These are some of the other creatures that share at least a couple of similar characteristics. The Snallygaster um, was seen in 1902. Have you ever seen a Snallygaster? No, never heard of it. It is a giant winged, chicken-footed, three-toed, chicken-footed, one-eyed, beaked, creature i guess it has a beak three toes and wings but other than that what's hanging out of its mouth i think it's eating an octopus oh those are the similarities it has a beak yeah it's got a lot of similar wings toes but it also has a lot of unsimilar things it's hairy it has feathers it only has one eye it's not maybe this is a pacific version of that it could be it could just Different subspecies. And this was spotted, the first time that this was spotted was in 1902, so a year before the Van Meter monster. Then there is the Jersey Devil. Um, But the thing about the Jersey Devil is that there were no sightings of the Jersey Devil between 1903 and 1909. But the Jersey Devil is depicted in a very similar manner. The Jersey Devil also has ram horns, which... The Van Meter visitor does not. It's got some kind of weird big tail. You know, it never said whether the the Van Meter visitor had a tail or not. No. And it this thing does not have a beak. It just does not seem like the same creature at all to me. And then there is a creature called the Stansbury Island creature. And that is, um, Stansbury Island is in Utah. And it was seen in September of 1903. So the same month and year, and this is all I could find of a depiction of the Stansbury Island creature, which by all accounts just looks like a dragon. Is the island in the middle of the Great Salt Lake or something? Yeah. Okay. It says it's a half carries bird. Carries away live horses. Yeah, it says it's a half bird, half reptile, and carries away live horses. So I have to say this just looks like a dragon to me. I have to say that this is just BS to try and get people to come. They're just trying to uh, draw people in with something. Come see the barren island in the Great Salt Lake. You might see the monster. Stansbury Island. Yeah. The only reason I put this one in was because it was seen, it was spotted in the exact same month, in the exact same year as 
the Van Meter visitor. So see, but one thing that's interesting is all these creatures. They all have similarities. They're probably just all mental evolutions of each other in some right. order or another. You know. Yeah. So uh, another theory is that it could have been some kind of underground creature. Uh-huh. Did the miners unleash a hiding living creature from underground? Only if it likes coal, too. You think it it powered its light by eating coal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just eats on that vein of coal. Yeah. Like Pac-Man. <laughs> right, except they're... The miners would get down there and there would be no coal. So you think they, That's it, right. the jig would be up. There would. But they were hauling coal out of well, there. Well, maybe it eats something that it poops out as coal. Oh, maybe. What would it be eating that it would be pooping out coal? I don't know, uranium. This is a really interesting <laughs> creature. That's about the only thing that would have enough energy for it to fly and have an intense beam of light like that. It's probably a nuclear-powered animal. I like it. You know, I, I kind of like our version of this creature better. <laughs> it's becoming even more fascinating to me. And we would not immediately shoot at it, so it would have a good home here. And not also, immediately, no. no. But by all accounts, this monster did nothing I to I would try anyone. not to shoot it. Right, until it was a threat. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I highly doubt these miners found a giant weird pocket of cryptids sleeping underground and dug down to unleash them it's kind of just the old dragon story isn't it it is it is that's what i thought so i was kind of like eh, that that theory didn't impress yeah. me that much could this monster be from another dimension oh god because this creature was never seen again is it possible that it could be from another dimension and that the mine shaft was some kind of porthole that was opened like a a worm door <laughs> A time tunnel. A time tunnel? Yeah. Do you think that the Van Meter visitor walked through a time tunnel? Absolutely. And that... was like, what the fuck are all these miners doing? Case closed. Story yeah. over. We got it solved, everyone. You solve it? Figured it out. Nay, nay. Another dimension. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's. I, I don't think that's what happened. Uh, I Yeah, I just don't see that happening either. Yeah, that's like... Another dimension is like the uh, oh, what's the what's the internet rule that any conversation eventually ends up at Hitler? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's the inner. It's from another dimension. Is that version of, well, of cryptids? Well, it's like that. Like any any good theory checklist has to have That's an alternate dimension. Mr. Lockwood's rule of cryptids. Yes, is that discussing them long enough. Always you leads to up other interdimensional. Yeah. That's you know, the end of the conversation. I can see that. I definitely agree that yeah. almost everything that I look into ends up in either some kind of alternate dimension or a portal from another dimension. Yeah. Rule of cryptid discussions. Eventually, the word dimension will come up. And at that point, no further progress will be made in the conversation. <laughs> right. Oh, I should have put that one last then. So it could have been the end of the conversation. <laughs> oh, no. They they get more interesting. So we're saying not, not from another dimension. I will most never likely. say that. Okay. Well, maybe from another dimension then. Could this have been some kind of misidentification could the people of Van Meter misidentified another animal for this eight-foot-tall, 
bat-winged, glowing horn creature with a large beak that smelled foul when wounded. It's just misidentified, that's all. (laughs) I feel like it's misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely misunderstood. I don't know about misidentified, but maybe misunderstood. I feel bad for it. I feel like it's misunderstood. I do too. I feel really bad. It's like the penguin in like Batman 2. Yeah. With Michael Keaton. You feel bad for him. For a minute. Until he starts killing people. Until you want to shoot it. (laughs) So um, here are some birds that are native to the area um, in Iowa where Van Meter is. The first one is the gold eagle. Um, so this is a possibility for the misidentification. Absolutely not a possibility. Yeah. Whatsoever. Well, this, this thing has feathers For one too. thing, you would never see that at night. Right. They are not nocturnal animals. They are diurnal. Correct. Only out in the day. Right. It also has feathers. They have feathers. They have extraordinarily good eyesight. Except at night, they would probably need a flashlight head. <laughs> they don't wear headlamps (laughs) i i don't see it i and i couldn't imagine living and i think with this the next couple birds i'm gonna show you quickly i just if these were birds that were around these people all the time i find it hard to believe that they would wake up in the middle of the night with rifles because there was an eagle flying around they would know what an eagle looks like they would know what any of these birds look like so i think it's really I have a hard time believing any kind of theory that involves somebody who's lived somewhere their whole life or most of their life misidentifying wildlife. I think it's nonsense. I just don't even think it needs discussion. It just ruled out instantly. Right. It's just, well, I want to just show you some of yeah. these birds because you do like birds. You know a lot about birds. I do. And I thought maybe you would find... A bald eagle is basically a bald eagle that's not bald. Right. If you want to know about, like, what size it is. It's not the same bird, but... No. And it's not eight foot tall. It's not anywhere near eight foot tall. It's a big bird. Yeah. But, again, not out during the night at all. Maybe in full moons and stuff. (laughs) Possibly. That's when you'd be shooting at it. But my guess is the vast majority of eagles are out during the day. Right. They need light to see. Right. Because that's how they hunt. Because <laughs> right. binocular vision. <laughs> right. Not headlamps. Yeah. Herons as well. So, they're, they're out during So the we're day. moving on to that. So the next one um, that this monster could possibly be is a great blue heron. And that is a picture. I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. And I just don't see that either. It's, they do look like dinosaurs. They do look like dinosaurs. I don't know if this long beak could be misconstrued as They're a horn. They're not that big. Right. They're but not... they do go. Do they make a raspy noise? They do. Oh. And they sound very strange when, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. They are kind of prehistoric. But, but to me, if I saw this, even flying at night, I mean, it would probably startle me if I wasn't used to a giant bird flying at night. But I, I, I would be, it would take me like two seconds to be like, oh, that's just a big bird, <laughs> you know? You would never, ever see one in town. At, at night, right. They only hang out near the water. Now, I've scared them off of ponds early in the morning, mm-hmm. like when it's dark, and they'll fly away. They don't They're hop They're also and, very skittish. They don't hop and run on all fours? Oh, no. wait, they don't have four no. legs. Blue herons are very skittish. Right. A lot of times, if you're... 400 yards away and they see you and you're nowhere near the edge of the water or anything they'll fly away yeah like they're very skittish 
So the blue heron is no. Yeah. The next one I have for you is the trumpeter swan, which has very large wingspan, up to eight feet, but much larger ones have been documented around the world. Although their bodies don't get much bigger than five and a half feet long. And how would you explain the smell and the horn from any of these birds? Are they even native to Iowa? Yeah, I looked it up. The trumpeter swans are... Yeah, unless the internet's been lying to me. This is what I found. September, they might be migrating then. So the wingspan can get up to eight feet. But okay. it's still got feathers. It's white. Yeah, but a creature that's eight foot tall is going to have a wingspan of 30 feet. Yes, we we have we know that now. But what I'm saying is that is still a large bird. If I no, came a across bird. a bird with an eight foot wingspan, I might oh, be yeah. momentarily pooping in my pants. Oh, you wouldn't want to fight it with your bare hands. I can tell you no. that. <laughs> I'm going to strangle that swan. probably wouldn't want to fight it with a stick either. I'm going to choke it with my hands. The boomstick <laughs> is what I would use if I had to fight it. Why would you shoot a defenseless swan? I think they're... How could you? I think they're part of the DNRs. I think you can shoot them. (laughs) Yes, but why would you if it's not harming you? So anyway... Because I want to eat it. So if you did shoot the swan, would it emit a foul smell in any kind of way? They don't start stinking until you start cutting them open. So probably not a swan is what we're thinking. Well, you know, geese and stuff, they stink a little bit. When you shoot them? Yeah. Well, when you get close to them, oh. usually the only way you get close to them is you have to shoot them. Oh. Well, maybe it was a giant swan. But it's not like it's a, it's not like some kind of smell where you're like, oh, God, what is that? Ugh. It's not that bad. I mean, they right. just, they're, they're animals. They well, smell a little bit. The odor from the Van Meter Visitor was described as being so foul yeah. that the I think it was the doctor, was unable to to think. Yeah, it's like a rotten meat right. smell. He could not concentrate. It was so bad. But this this swan does not smell no, that bad. No, there's no way it smells okay. like that. Even if you cut it open and stuck your nose right in a butthole, it wouldn't smell that bad if it was fresh. I mean, the bird. But only if it was a fresh butthole. Yeah. <laughs> if you let it sit out in the field for a week and did it, it would probably be that bad. Yeah. Well, wouldn't anyone? <laughs> no, right. I'm having a good time. Oh, you are? I'm entertaining myself. Oh, good. I'm not entertaining you. At your you. expense. I'm not entertaining you? At your expense. So, yes, you are. It's not costing me anything, so whatever. <laughs> so, the next theory I have for you is mass hysteria. I like that theory. Yeah. I, I can always go for that theory. I knew you would. It's probably really plausible in this case. That's always plausible. So, the Van Meter mine was known to occasionally emit gases that were said to knock out or kill anyone who was unfortunate enough to be in the mine. Oh, yeah. That's why you got the canary in the coal mine. Mm -hmm. Would it be possible for some kind of natural environmental buildup from underground to cause delusions of a few townsfolk, in turn spreading the fear to others in Van Meter? Why do you need gas? To have mass hysteria. You don't, but what if, like, it was causing a few of these town folks to be delusional, and then they went running around telling everybody about these weird things they saw, and then everybody else just got, like, so scared that this whole thing turned you into this creature. You can fact check me, but I believe oh, the I gas is called hydrogen sulfide. Okay, sure. And that's what kills people. And I'll have to check it, I believe, yeah. 
and I believe it's odorless and very, very toxic. I think it just kills you. Okay, but I what if... I don't think it makes you go crazy What if it was anything. strong enough to make it to the town, but have diluted itself somewhat to the point where they weren't dying, they were just seeing Very shit. unlikely. No? This is a no I think it only works in enclosed spaces. Okay. That's the only way it gets concentrated enough to hurt you. Okay, so you're throwing this theory over your yeah. shoulder. I'm done with now, that. No, I would never throw mass hysteria over my shoulder. Okay. But... From all the mass hysteria that I've witnessed in my life and read about, and I have witnessed a lot here lately, <laughs> it doesn't need anything to cause it. It just right. happens. Right. Right. It just spreads. Yeah. A word of... A word of hysteria. A word of mouth hysteria. Or maybe there is some gas going around. Yeah. I feel like gases could make you delusional, could make you see things. Oh, sure. Nitric oxide. Right. I That's mean... fun. I mean, what if they just got some weird happening under the ground that's making them all see things? You'd have to be down there breathing it in. As soon as it got out, even if you stood right at the edge of it, it, the air would just mix and blow it. It wouldn't get you. Right. So, mass hysteria, maybe, but we don't know the cause of, of the delusions. The next theory that I have for you is... Could this all have been a hoax by Mr. Phillips, the postmaster that wrote the article? Sure could. As the man who authored the original article, could Mr. Phillips have overheard something that he blew out of proportion (laughs) or made up the story entirely? Could be either of those things. Maybe for another reason or to put Van Meter on the map, like you had said before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Advertisement. Yep. But why then use some of the most respected men in town in the story? I can imagine that they would not have liked that very much and denied that the story happened entirely. You think it's a bad idea to do, to use self-proclaimed respectable men in your fake story? I mean, that just sums up politics in a nutshell, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, is this something you would have done? If you were going to, like, If I was one of those guys and I owned a whole bunch of stuff in town, I would be like, yeah, that's great. Do it. Run really? It. You would have been, like, down for yeah, this. who cares? Use my name. I don't yeah. care if anybody it's thinks BS. I'm a nut. Nobody's going to think you're a nut. They're going to come and come to town. Come buy some bricks. Some tile. I, I think it's possible he may have just made this up. Publicity. Yeah. Mr. Phillips did know many of the men involved, and he was actually in clubs with some of the men. Could it have been... It's a town of 1,400 people. They all know each other. Yes, but this is where you were going. Could this have been a collaboration between the men to construct this story for some kind of game? Sure. Have you ever driven out west on Route 80 or Route 90? Have you driven across the country ever i have yes yes the entire middle of the country <laughs> yes is littered with boring with what is known as a tourist trap right this town is right at the beginning it is the first tourist right. trap so you think that they were getting in early on this tourist trap situation i don't think they invented it or got in early at all i think it's been around ever since time immemorial no i'm just saying they they got this story in yeah so you think that they had like a town council meeting with a bunch of respected fellows one night and they were all like they had a masonic lodge meeting they were like what can we do council meeting 
what, yeah, maybe. what can we do to get people here? We've got coal. We've got bricks. We've got flour. Maybe we need a monster. Yeah, I mean, you just showed me eight other examples of monster stories from oh, yeah. other towns in the, the country. There's bajillions of them. Yeah. Come to our town. We got a monster. <laughs> I'm going to make up a monster that lives in our house so people will come see us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, kids, we're going on vacation this year. Right. Not again. <laughs> not not, not West Virginia one more time, Dad. <laughs> no. I know. Let's go to Van Meter Iowa for vacation. It'll be fun. Gee whiz, Dad. I love Iowa. Yeah. They got a flour mill. Yeah. They got a hole in the ground. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, a little sensationalism helps. Yeah. A little income. Doesn't hurt, right? Doesn't hurt. I don't think that our town has a cryptid monster. I don't think so either. I haven't heard one. No. That's sad. Boy, do we need one. Ooh, we do need one. We need one bad. Yeah. We're going to have to get a group of respected people together and dream (laughs) one up. (laughs) I'm one. You are? Yeah. I'm a pillar of this community. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) You might actually be. I saw some Tic Tacs (laughs) in the sky. You did. (laughs) They were silent. What flavor were they? Blue. (laughs) I don't think. I mean, I guess alien encounters would put you on the map, but. I guess you would think. But not as not as much as a monster, I think. Or like an actual sighting of an alien. We're never getting on the map. Our town's already on the map for something different. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as exciting as monsters. So what is your conclusion on this story? What is your favorite theory? What do you think is the most plausible thing that happened here in Van Meter? The most plausible thing? Yes. Some bored people that owned a lot of stuff, came up with a story to attract some attention. That's it. And then they wrote about it to a newspaper because it wasn't working. They got the townsfolk all riled up and the story didn't spread. So they, they wrote to the newspaper next door and said, hey, did you hear about this one? Um, I think that's most plausible. Prob- what do you think, Esther? Probably. I, I think that... There was also something else that I did not type in my notes was that there was actually another article that was submitted to the paper after the account by Mr. Phillips. And it was kind of a like smear piece <laughs> on the the article like about, about the monster. Yeah, but some anonymous person had written it and said <laughs> that that they believe that it was all just garbage. and So my ancestors wrote in and shat all over this guy's story? Yeah. yeah. Yay. I'm going to have to trace your family line back because you <laughs> definitely had like a cousin living in Van Meter who was like, no, no. <laughs> this is some bullshit. I will not stand for this garbage in my town. But on the other hand, you're more than willing to dream up a creature. The funny thing is, is I like the picture, the drawing of that creature more than a lot of things other ones yeah it's it's a cool looking yeah. creature it really is i i don't know the snally gaster is pretty cool yeah that's a pretty neat one yeah i think that that's a pretty neat it's very it even seems to have like webbed it does have a tail you know what it looks like to me though it looks like a creature from a Hanna barbera cartoon yeah 
Like, it could be friendly and you may not want to shoot at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the weird barbarian guy that was Hanna-Barbera? That was McGill Gorilla. No. No? There was some He-Man-like thing that wasn't He-Man, but it was like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah, I know. I don't remember. They, yeah, they had like dinosaurs in it and... You lost me. <sighs> Might have been the Lost World. That wasn't a cartoon. Because that creature reminds me of something from that. You know, I never really liked Hanna Barbera cartoons. No, I wasn't a Hanna. I wasn't a Hanna Barbera kind of girl. Do you Take that him? back, though. They were. They did Tom and Jerry. I love Tom and Jerry. Oh yeah, Tom and Jerry was great. Well, they got Flintstones, Yogi Bear. I, I guess was, they had. A I lot. was gonna the say Yogi. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I take it back. Hanna Barbera, you had some good stuff. I the know. Herculoids. The That's Herculoids. It. Yep. Never. Never saw the Herculoids in my nearly forty years. Have King Xandor and a group of bizarre creatures protect. Yeah, that's it. You may be the only Your one futuristic on the planet kingdom. that knows of this. Look, it's right on the front of the Herculoids. There it is. Right on the top. The Van Meter creature. No, I think that's just a dragon, honey. I'm trying to figure out what this blob is, though. <laughs> what is that thing? This cartoon looks ridiculous. You would have to see the cartoon to make, to make any sense. I think sense we're going to have to watch it. Also, that rhino thing in the middle, it shoots stuff out of its horn. Pellets. Does, does it smell bad? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Most rhinos do. Well, I don't think Hanna-Barbera was around back in 1903. Anyway, but that I'm... reminds me of a creature from the Herculoids. Which is something that no one's ever heard of but you. <laughs> <laughs> it was on daytime television. Cartoons. Yeah. yeah. I watched a lot of daytime Her- cartoons in the 80s, something. but yeah. never that. <laughs> I never, never saw the Herculoids. I never stooped that low. No. <laughs> Uh, wait, I need to say what I think happened, right? What do you think happened? Um, definitely. Definitely nothing. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely nothing. You know, you're very skeptical. Yeah, I am very. You are very. Is it just because I'm here? Do I like have like no. my skeptic gravity no. pull you into my I don't orbit, think so. I mean, I'm just, wait, let me throw this out quick. I, I think altered dimensional portholes for sure that's what i think about this but i you know this about me i love the idea of believing it but i also have trouble believing it you're a (laughs) confusing person i am i confuse myself all the time (laughs) you know what i mean though i want to believe in in things that are maybe a little off or taboo or supernatural or just shouldn't possibly exist. But when an incident happens to me or when I read about an incident and I dig really deep into it, it's hard for me not to try to pick it apart. But I do love that's what drives my skepticism more than anything is I want to see this stuff. Yeah. I want it to be real. Yeah. But I know it's not. So I get bitter. You get sad. Angry. No, I want to see it. I want to know how it could exist. And a lot of times these stories are so inadequate that I know they're fake. Yeah. The real creature would have more, it would be a lot more rich, interesting. How is this creature not interesting to you? It is interesting. I think this is one of the more interesting creatures. There's no details. It's just a whole bunch of guys going, oh, yeah, I saw it. 
I saw it and I shot at it. There are details. He's There's got like two. He's got three toes. He makes a rasping noise. He has a freaking laser on his head. He's got a freaking laser on his head. He's got a beak. He can crawl on all fours. He can fly. His wings don't have feathers. I've, that's a lot of detail. That picture captures all of them. Yeah. That very poorly drawn picture. It's a, it's a weird creature. I want to believe in this creature, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because this creature didn't hurt anyone. It is a And he deserves creature. to live. Peaceful. I say we start a campaign to... Can we name it something else? Save the VMA. I think that's... There is a number one red flag of That of it doesn't it have fake. an actual it name. It doesn't have a real name. Maybe we should name it's it. It's the Van Meter Visitor. And, you know, that is very good marketing spiel. Yeah. You, you know. could be a Van Meter visitor. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you came to our town, you could be one. That's another one of my hints that it's just marketing BS. But you can't be certain that we won't shoot at you when you show up. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a chance. Yeah, if you're friendly, yeah. we might shoot at you. Yeah. Act like an asshole. And <laughs> yeah. You can stay. <laughs> Also, don't go shining lights in people's windows at night. That's Well, get... I think that's kind of common well, courtesy. Yeah. I mean, I can see how that would be annoying, but I don't think that you should just be shooting. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess if someone was shining lights in my windows, I'd probably be tempted to shoot them. Yell at them first and tell them to get lost or tell them you're yeah. calling the police. Yeah. Or... This, this was straight up like shoot and ask questions later. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going with full on full-on portals i think these things came from a different dimension and the different the other dimension explains why they were seen for a period of nights and then disappeared and never came back and nobody's seen them since because they came here peacefully and thought to themselves this place sucks these people are mean they keep shooting at me all i'm trying to do is take a walk down through town at night and they are shooting at me And I'm going back to a different dimension. And that explains the whole story. There's no such thing as other dimensions. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. It's a reducto ad absurdum argument. If it's part of the universe, it's not another dimension. I'm sitting in a room with an abducto ad retardism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like every time you go, oh, it's another dimension. I can go, well, that's just part of the universe. It's not another dimension. It's part of this dimension. You're blowing my theory, man. I know. Yeah, I don't like it. I blow like all it. dimension theories up. Yeah. Yeah, you crush my dreams, Stanley. There's one dimension. Dreams crushed. If it's part of the universe, it's this dimension. It came from another dimension. The alternate dimension. The alternate yeah. universe theory. It came from a well, different one. Well, if it's an alternate universe and it's accessible from this universe, it is part of this universe. Right. Or we're part of their universe. Why There's still only one universe. Why can't it be part of both? Why can't it go from one to the other? Because then it's all just one universe. Not if we can't get to it, but this creature can get back and forth. Then we're still part of its universe. Yeah, we're just in a lower plane of existence. we can't do anything fun. Yeah. Well. Take some DMT. You'll access its universe, its dimension. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be better ways. <laughs> I think I'll Maybe that's what this was. This creature was on a crazy DMT trip, and it woke up, and it was like, oh, shit, they're shooting at me. It's like a bad it's night like in Las Vegas. The worst trip ever. <laughs> yeah. He woke up. He woke up and didn't recognize his hotel room. Yeah.
<laughs> I don't know what you would call this thing. The Great Flasher. <laughs> the hey, kid. Over here. The Great Flasher of 1903. <laughs> if anyone has any good ideas for a name for the Van Meter Monster, look it up on Google. Hit images. Take a look at this thing. There's got to be a better name for yeah, this thing. Yeah, it needs a name. It needs a name. It really does. Yeah. And it's friendly. The Friendly Flasher. Yes. Yes. Somebody please find a better name than that for it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that was it. That's our story. Mr. Lockwood, what the hell happened? Esther, I fear we'll never know. We may not. Want to say goodbye? Good night. Goodbye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.